Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first official Hardly Millennial podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of opinions. You heard it here first, folks. So uh, I am your host today, Adam Hansen, and across from me, I have your other host, Matthew Lynn. Hello. Hey, everybody. And we've uh, we've got an exciting show for you guys today. Oh, all we have of, something good lined up. But all of the shows are exciting, so you're just going to enjoy it anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> isn't that the truth? Isn't right? that the truth? <laughs> so, with this being the first official podcast, um, I'm sure you guys have already seen it on YouTube if you're looking at our channel. But we also should have an update. We shot right an update now. video, guys. So currently when we're recording this, I haven't edited it yet, but when you guys see yeah, this up we, there... We have no idea what the actual update video is going to look like right now. Nope. <laughs> we know everything we shot. So actually, let's just give them a little in, insight to this, okay? Because I'll tell you what, guys. Before I started recording content, I had no idea what goes into making a 10-minute video. So... We shot about five hours of footage. Mm -hmm. Just just the like camera, just the recording alone was about five hours. And Adam now has the glorious task of sorting through said five hours of footage oh, and getting the best 10 minutes he can find out of it, guys. And before I can even do that, I have to sync up the audio with the video, which... We did it in a very ghetto way, so oh, it's gonna be a we very... did the we did the pop, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's an inside secret, guys. <laughs> oh my gosh! So for all you filmmakers out there, you guys all know that in order to sync up sound with video, typically you need a slate. So you sl and for those who don't know what a slate is, a slate it's are like... those things on the movies that uh, they're clickers. Oh, and it, it goes like action. Yeah, Click yeah, yeah. Those okay, things. yeah, yeah. And you use those to sync up the sound because when you hear that click and then when you see the slate close, that's how you know, oh, okay, well, we'll start the sound there and then it will sync up the rest of the audio with the video. Well, we didn't have one of those. We don't have a slate, guys. So instead, I just had to, <laughs> every time we started, I just had to announce what take it was and then go, pop. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was funny for the whole five hours. You would think after about nine of those, you're over it. No, it was hard not to laugh the whole time. Matthew literally chuckled every single time I did it. Every time we had to wait, and then when I was done and composed myself, we would start shooting. <laughs> it was a whole thing. And mind you guys, we shot in my bedroom also, and we're in the process of converting my bedroom into a studio. So we're doing this while still trying to work around a queen-size bed and a dresser, and we have three lights set up, and... Yeah, you'll have no idea in the video. It looks like it's all well spaced out, um, but there's barely enough room. It's just a narrow path from the chair to the door. Oh, man. Plus, we have another table shoved in here for other things that we do. And it's, oh, my word. We have an entire lighting kit. Um, yeah, it's fun, guys. It's fun. <laughs> we have a great time. We're trying to cover my room in foam right now, but right now we have this half foam and then half egg crates everywhere. Uh. The egg crates are hideous, but they, they really work really are. well. It's amazing. Dude, that's why I've been collecting them for so long, because I, I knew. I didn't know what I was going to use them for, <laughs> but I knew I'd have to soundproof something. <laughs> and and you certainly did, sir. I certainly did. They've Just as you said, they've worked out great. Let me tell you what, too. Um, I'm, I'm apparently very ignorant to most things in life, because I assumed that mm -hmm. you could go on Amazon and you could just buy like a hundred egg crates and it'd be like 10 bucks, right? Because they're for fucking eggs. Right. Right. So I was half right. You can go on Amazon and they'll sell you a hundred egg crates for a hundred dollars. <laughs> it's a dollar for an, for an 18 piece egg crate. It's crazy. It is pretty bad. They must know that people are buying them for soundproofing. And they're like, mm, we're not giving these away. Yeah. I... <laughs> 
people it, it makes me wonder it's like could i well i guess you wouldn't really be making your money back because i was like you could just buy those big old thing of eggs to where you can collect the egg crates and yourself sell and then the sell things. them <laughs> but it probably wouldn't even like help with how much eggs you'd have to buy to get to the point to you sell gotta pay them. for marketing you have to pay for distribution it, it's a whole thing it's yeah i'm i'm not about that life not for egg crates not for egg crates not when you could just start a podcast mm-hmm. right so we wrote down some topics today of what to talk about, and <laughs> <laughs> we had a, we had kind of a hard time this round. They're kind of, they're very intellectual. They're I think. very intellectual, but I thought we would hit on some of the millennial more esque things. Like Matthew, what was your favorite cartoon growing up? Oh, as dude. a as a millennial. Oh, I love this question. Oh, there were so many good ones. Oh, God. You know what immediately comes to my head, hmm. which it probably isn't most people's number one? Um, Cat Dog. Cat Dog really? immediately comes to my head. I loved that cartoon as a kid. Really? I loved it so much. It was so bizarre and just off the wall crazy. And I mean, I'm a Tourette's kid, so I'm down with the bizarre off the wall. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of cartoons there, especially on Nickelodeon, were all like bizarre and off the wall especially yeah. in the early days like back when ren and stimpy was allowed to be ren on city rocco rocco's modern life oh yeah it's amazing it was just okay to let kids watch that like, well that was a kid's cartoon back then i feel like they learned quickly though because i remember watching <laughs> i remember watching ren and stimpy on tv very little when i was younger probably like four or five just seeing it on there on nickelodeon oh, right and, and it was always funny because Nickelodeon used to have Nick Jr. in the morning. Yeah, I remember that. So I yeah. would watch that. And then later on, Nickelodeon would still be on and then Ren and Stimpy would come on. Sure. And then I just remember <laughs> one day, I never saw Ren and Stimpy again. And <laughs> it was just gone. <laughs> it was probably for the best. Yeah, it's more of a Cartoon Network kind of show, isn't it? Yeah, an Adult Swim kind yeah. of show. But because I remember watching it again when I got older, and I was like, "Wow! Like, how did they get away marketing this to kids?" <laughs> it was pretty vulgar sometimes. I actually, I'll have to admit, my parents were hip to uh, to Ren and Stimpy. And I yeah. was I actually wasn't allowed to watch Ren and Stimpy, like officially. Okay. I would sneak it in sometimes. So your parents knew best. They knew. They kind of were hip to Rocco, too. I didn't get away with Rocco's Modern Life for very long. Really? Yeah, that one they put a nip on real quick. I didn't think Rocco's Modern Life was that bad. I think they just thought it was too bizarre. Oh. Like, they, I don't know. My mom's from France. She, like, grew up in France on a farm in Dunkirk. Oh, so that's So she's very, like... Out of the world. He's just nuts. But the one that... As I got a little bit older, like six, seven years old, they were starting to get a little more tired as parents and they didn't catch on to was Ah Real Monsters. Remember that? I loved that show. They still pushed the envelope a little bit with that one. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's funny. They didn't even push the envelope as far as content was concerned. So it wasn't like there was a lot of sexual innuendos or anything. No. It was just a weird it was dis- weird disturbing concept everything was like masses of meat and made out of like weirdness and yeah phallic very phallic show and what and one of the because i remember i followed like three of the monsters right yeah, yeah. and i remember there was one of them that had this thing where he licked toilet seats like he just loved uh-huh. licking toilet he lived, seats. well he lived in the toilets it was the one with like the, the little black like skinny one with the big red yeah lips. that could get really big yeah when he wanted uh-huh. yeah there's, and then oh. there was the guy who held his eyeballs. And he had the hair coming out of his, his armpits. armpits. Yeah. My brother had a little stuffed animal of that particular character. With the little hair and everything? Yeah, it was the, oh, weirdest, that's awesome. it was the weirdest thing to have in the house. But he I don't remember it. any of their names. But. They were uh, The people who created that show were the same ones who created Rugrats. I can totally see mm-hmm. it. I think, I think they had a Rugrats episode where there was a crossover. It was like a Halloween episode. They did like they may have been the babies were going on one of their you know quote unquote adventures and they ended up <laughs> meeting the ah real monsters. I feel the the adventures were not quoted. They were they were real adventures. They were real. I mean, I just well, quote, they'd be like, let's happening. go down the soup aisle in the grocery store. It'll take half an hour. There's yeah. monsters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what happened. Speaking of Rugrats, that was a fantastic show. Uh-huh. 
absolutely ageless ageless yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. i remember watching the i think it came out i think it's as old as i am i think it came out in 91 i believe it and i remember watching i just remember watching hours of rugrats just hours of a huge part of my childhood and then i remember some i think i was like 10 or 11 and they came out with the old grown up special where it was all the babies grown up i wasn't into that Oh no! I, I liked like that one. I didn't like the show they came out with afterwards, but like as a kid who grew up watching Rugrats, I really appreciated the all grown up little movie special they did. I loved the Rugrats movies, like when they go to Tokyo and they oh, get like, yeah, lost in the airport, the, or not, or what was it? No, it wasn't. It was the France. They went to France. Oh, they went to France. Yeah, that's but right. They, but they were like in little Tokyo or something like that. Is that what France. it was? Okay. Yeah, I remember because the whole thing was that. Uh, Rexar or whatever. Reptar. Uh, Reptar. He was like Godzilla. Yeah. So they had me making like a Reptar movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember seeing the first Rugrats movie in theaters and then like there was a scene in there where Tommy and Dill, his little brother, were like having a moment where Tommy was, was like, screw this little kid. <laughs> and then Dill started crying and Tommy was like, I love you. I'm sorry. You, bro. <laughs> and me as a little kid, I'm just like, I feel you know, I'm starting to, so Adam will say things like, I watched this movie and it made me tear up. or And it'll be like a really obscure movie, like Dragon Ball Z or something. Okay? Oh God, I definitely didn't cry during and that movie. <laughs> it'll just be super obscure. And I'm starting to learn that it doesn't take much to tear Adam up. It really um, doesn't. He's He's an emotional man. I just like, when it comes to movies though, there are always... There were, like, most of the time when I tear up, it's not even because there's something, like, necessarily sad that happened or anything. Yeah. But there are sometimes movies end, and I, and I feel like they end so beautifully. It's just touching. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's I'm just okay, like, man. oh, that's, that's great how they did that, or I love how they did that. But, like, for example, there are people who watch Titanic and cry every time, you know, Jack and movie. Jill or... Who's the other Rose. girl? Rose. Her name was Rose. Yeah, we're on the we're on the door, and I love that movie too. Jack and but I've, I've that's Jack a different and... movie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never, but I never teared up or cried during that. But sometimes I'll tear up at the end of some action movie just because I'm like, that was a good way to end that movie. You know what gets me all the time is any any scene where it's like a young man that's like has this dad that like put him down his whole life and then he grows older and they like bond finally like like they didn't like each other growing up or whatever right. they fought a lot and then they get older and they all of a sudden they're like working on their car together or something Those usually movies. the dad dies afterwards or whatever but i don't i don't care about the death part just like the bonding part that always gets me oh, i always really? cry for it. yeah oh. yeah it's just so it's so touching when i see good per like Good performances will make me tear up too, whether whether or not it's like a dramatic kind of thing or like, like Lion King Live, like the Haas event, yeah, guy. Oh my gosh! Okay, so funny thing about Lion King. <laughs> when I first saw Lion King, I cried for a very different reason. Okay. So Lion King was the first movie I ever saw in theaters, right? Mm-hmm. So it was back in I think ninety four, ninety five when it came out, and my mom took me to go see it. And I loved it. You oh, know, I love just Lion as King. a little four or five year old, I was just I still love the movie. Oh, for sure. And I didn't cry during the movie for any reason, but I cried after the movie because <laughs> I w- was under the impression that this was just like a regular movie that you watch at home. So if we wanted, we could rewind it. Oh and we could watch it again. Oh no, you don't get to do that. Yeah, so when my mom uh I don't remember most of this, my mom told me about it, but my mom would tell me that when she was like, Hey, it's time to, you know, go, we have you know, the movie's over. I thought like I did something wrong, so I couldn't see it. Oh no. So I would go back and sit at the seat be like, I'll be good, I'll be good. (laughs) And my mom was trying to get me to understand that no, it's a movie you can't just rewind it. Yeah. Yeah, Just get it once. Oh man. It's really funny how kids have like little hangups like that, like they don't understand. Yeah. So I have a, I have two of them actually. That's really funny as a kid. So one, I remember the first time I ever had a birthday and I had like an aunt or a fucking cousin or something send me money, like in a card, uh-huh. right? I remember I got $20 in this card 
And I was like, fuck yeah. But it was $20 in a check, uh-huh. right? Because back then, that's what you did. You had to write a check. I'm fucking old. So me and my, my mom took me to this to the bank, and we cashed the check. And the teller was trying to be cute and, like, talk to me, you know, like I was the customer or whatever. And she was like, how do you want your change back, honey? And I was like, all ones. <laughs> because in my brain as a child, I didn't understand the concept of getting change back. Oh. So I thought if something was, like, 350 you had to give $4 and you were just fucked out of the 50 cents. Oh. I thought they just kept it. So I was like, I'm going to break this up as small as possible so I don't have to get screwed out of anything, right? I can just give them exactly how much it is. Right. So I remember going to the store, like Toys R Us, with just this pocket full of like $1 bills and like five of it was all quarters and dimes. Like I, I had to break it up for me. Right. And I'm just walking around chinging, you know. <laughs> and uh, then I obviously bought something and learned that you get the money back. Oh, my word. <laughs> um, the other really funny one is actually pretty common, I've heard, with kids. Um, so there's this thing where children will go to get their haircut for the first time, and they don't understand that your hair doesn't hurt when you get it cut. Uh, right? right? It's like this weird stigma. Like, it's going to hurt. They don't get that it grows back. Well, I was one of those kids. Oh, uh, no. And I do remember my first haircut going, and my mom, like, so I was a kid who needed a lot of buildup to things. I needed mm-hmm. to like mentally digest things for a while. So she told me days before, like, you're going for a haircut, you're going mm-hmm. for a haircut. And um, I was fine with it. I was like, whatever, I can do a haircut, easy, no problem. So we get there finally, and my world falls apart. Oh, I'm like, no. fuck this, because it dawns on me. I'm like, if you cut anything else, it fucking hurts. Right. So I'm like, they're, uh-uh, they're not cutting all this shit off my head. That's gonna, It's going to be terrible. Right. Right? And I didn't even put together, like, there's seven people around me doing it because well, it was a bunch of chairs. Not. Like, I didn't put any of that together. So they gave me the chair, and I just flipped the fuck out, dude. Like, I had a meltdown. Oh, no. And they had to show me, like, they had to, like, the barber, like, cut part of his own hair, like, in front of, like, a little piece of it and was right. like, look, you're good. And then I, like, softened up enough that he was able, he, like, quickly got a piece of mine. And he showed me. He's like, look, I got it. And I remember just being like, you mother. <laughs> like you, you got me but then it all came together i was like oh okay this is nothing i could totally do this right and i was good it's funny i don't think i mean i, I i'm gonna say this then my mom's gonna probably tell me later like <laughs> oh, 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 you did adam you did because i don't think i ever freaked out when i first got a haircut i think i no. remember my bro when we took my brother once i think he freaked out as a little one kid but I can't remember if I did, and I don't think I did. It's not everyone. It's just, we're just a special few. <laughs> it's it's so weird the things that I mean. I guess it's not weird the things that kids think. It makes perfect sense. But it's sure. It's, I'm sure it's funny to witness it as it's happening. It must be. I mean, I I don't have kids, but I work with people who have kids, and right. their kids are hilarious, dude. Like yeah. They do the funniest things. Some are hilarious. Some are an, are as are annoying as hell. <laughs> Took a, took a second to get that one out. So, yeah. yeah. It comes down to parents, though. That's another story. So going back to movies, um, I don't think I've ever asked you, Matthew. Like, I know I watch movies a lot. I know you watch yeah, certain really movies. But what what movie? What's your favorite movie? Oh, God. My favorite movie? Yeah. I actually have one. Ooh, really? Yeah, okay. I have one. It's what is it? very specific. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I really enjoy uh, Mel Gibson's The Patriot. Really? Yeah, that's like my favorite movie ever, dude. I think it's totally inspirational, fucking epic. Uh, Just really well put together. I remember watching it as a kid and just watching it like over and over. Really? But is is it just because, I mean, there are other movies out there. I mean, specifically Mel Gibson movies. You know, like you could argue that Braveheart is very epic and inspirational. Well, listen, I watched Braveheart a lot as a child. And I actually specifically remember I was very fascinated with Braveheart because back when I was a kid, everything was on VHS. Right. They're like these big plastic rectangles that you had to shove into this machine. Right. And for, for uh, those of you younger listeners out there who may not know what that is. Think of a cassette. You know, like cassette is to music. Well, VHS is to video. Yes. Okay. So it was the only one, though, in our drawer of videos that had it was two of them 
to make the whole movie because it was a four-hour-long movie. Yeah. So you got you got one half, and then you had to get up and put the other fucking VHS in to watch the other half. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really crazy, and I figured out, and they must have done this on purpose. The first half doesn't have any fight scenes in it. The only interesting thing in the first half that has to do with like any kind of violence is they cut his wife's throat like right. right at the end of the first half. And the second half starts out where he goes and he like burns down the fort next to his village because they cut his wife's throat. He right. gets pissed and he's like, burn it, you know, that famous line. <laughs> um, so I was like, fuck it, I don't have to watch the first video. So I would just watch the second one just uh, over and over and over, just to watch the fight scenes and stuff because I thought that was epic. Right. But the Patriot um, didn't have any of that build up. It just got right into like badassness. And it was okay. history, you know? Interesting. I would never... Th I mean, I like The Patriot. I think it's a good movie. I would just never peg it as, like... Well, specifically your favorite movie, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. Um, probably why I love Heath Ledger so much, too. Uh, he was Heath he was Ledger. very inspirational as a young person for me. Rest in peace, you young oh, soul. God, he was fantastic, that man. One oh, of the greatest was. actors. He did this movie, the last movie he did, that he didn't get to finish was I think it was called The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. That's and a name right a, there. It's a very weird movie. <laughs> but the whole idea, so the, it's, oh my gosh. So the idea was that this guy made a deal with the devil, and okay. but it's like a competition of like who could get the most souls. Okay. And the way that this older guy, uh, this mortal, you know, this regular human, was trying to get souls was he had this like traveling fun house and you'd like try to lure people into it. And <laughs> that then, sounds really cool actually. Did they ever make the movie? No, no, no. They made the movie. Oh. So, but Heath Ledger died in between, like right when they were filming it, right? Right. So, and the whole, the whole, uh, what am I trying to say here? What this guy would do is after he'd lure them in, these people would walk into this fun house and basically be in another world, right? Like in okay. a, like another kind of dimension or something. Very yeah. fantasy-esque kind like of Like a circusy kind of thing? Like yeah. crazy? Okay, gotcha. And then Heath led... And when they go into there, they'd at some point they'd be met with a choice. And they could choose bad or good. And if they right. chose good, then, you know, the guy won. If they chose bad, the devil won. Oh, cool. So Heath Ledger's job in the movie was to go in with them and try to sway them to do the good stuff. Oh, neat. So when they, he died though, they ended up finishing the movie, but his actor friends came in and did the roles for him. So what they ended up doing was every single time Heath Ledger went into one of these worlds with one of these uh, patrons, they got a different actor like Jude Law or Colin Farrell to go in there oh, wow. and basically be Heath Ledger, but he would. The excuse was, "Oh well, he looks different in every little dimension he walks into." Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was a very interesting movie. That obviously meant that they had spent way too much by the time he passed. That there was no going back. Yeah, they were like we need to figure this out. It was, it was a weird movie though. But I mean, I'm not very familiar with the director, but apparently he's kind of known for making weird movies, and he's also known for something always like happening when he is does there, a movie. Is there any kind of famous like? cursed director where like every time he does something someone gets injured or like the set catches on fire or well i would argue that this director is one of those he, he's he's like the cursed director yeah, that's what that's what i hear like i said <laughs> i'm not familiar with him but i do remember when that movie came out and i was in film school at the time and we were all talking about that movie because it was a big deal that they switched out heath ledger for other people yeah and i remember somebody telling me that that's just something that happens to this director every movie somebody dies during filming no or just as you said like a fire or this or that it's like it's like the quit. superman curse you know yeah. the Superman curse, right? No, I've never heard of that one. Um, every actor that's ever played Superman has had a really bad accident. There's one of them fell off of his roof and paralyzed his back. Right. Uh, another one died. I think there was another. There was three, wasn't there? Isn't there three people who's played Batman? Or I'm sorry, Superman. Superman. There's been a lot more. There's at least three of like very famous cases. I know one fell off his roof and he broke his back and went paralyzed. Like it's a Superman curse. I think there's. There's another curse similar to that that's like the Jesus curse. Oh. Like actors who have uh, portrayed Jesus Christ in a oh, film, usually no. it destroys their careers. Um, oh, Mel Gibson did it. 
Well, he didn't play Jesus, though. He didn't though. play, but Jim Caviezel hasn't had much of a career since that oh. movie came out. And Even singers who call themselves like God of whatever they do, they don't get a very good rap for that. No. Nobody really likes that. But then I could argue because Willem Dafoe played Jesus in some like TV movie rendition of it, and he's had one hell of a career since. Oh, what's his name? What's who's the guy? John Legend played Jesus, and oh he's never my. been bigger. And let me tell you what. Okay, <sighs> the other millennials guys, I'm just gonna throw them under the bus here. They're haters. They're haters. And they did not particularly love the Jesus Christ superstar that had John Legend in it. It wasn't their favorite edition of it. I, on the other hand, John, if you're listening to this, this one, I'm Matthew. I loved you in it, bro. I thought you were amazing. You killed it, my dude. He was epic. He wasn't, though. I mean, He was epic. He okay. was singing while he was floating over the audience on a cross. Oh, whatever. Everybody's fucking... Any singer's done uh, that anymore. He's magical. Here's, here's the thing with that. Like, it would have made more sense if... Because, look, I agree with you. I like John Legend. I think he's a good singer. No, I no, like I don't like music. him. I love John Legend. Okay, fine. I like John Legend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we almost agree. <laughs> but if you're going to... But the thing is, he's a different kind of singer than somebody who's in theater and has to learn to sing, like, cor correctly, like operatic style, to learn how to... I don't know, it's just... His voice didn't match the other actor, theater actors who were in... Who was the other major singer? The other black guy? Is Pontius Pilate? Is that who he was portraying? Yeah. And yeah. So that guy is probably wait, wait, what you're no, talking not, about. Not Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate was some... Some white guy. Who's the uh, the really well built he, guy who was he, singing amazing? He played like a few roles. He was like Judas, but he was also this. He was also so this. that guy's probably more what you're talking about, like a theater singer. Yeah, that guy nailed it. And I would have preferred to see him play Jesus. Nah, bro, you can't take it from the legend. Oh, no, it's literally just... in his name, dude. John Legend's also not an actor. I think he did horrible acting in there. His voice is so savory <sighs> and sulky. I just oh. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I just love it. If I hear John Legend, I can't help but sing along. I'll sing, like I said, I'll sing along to his songs. He just did not do a good Jesus, a Jesus Christ superstar. He was not a superstar. He was a pop star. And it's called Superstar. You know who killed it in that one, though? Who kills it every year? Hmm. Is um, uh, Alice... Uh, Alice Cooper? Alice Cooper. I love He's Alice the Cooper. greatest showman, dude. He just puts on a show. Oh, he's great. I was. Have you seen some of uh, Alice Cooper's old like concert footage? No, I always 70s? thought he was kind of a joke. I didn't understand that he really was like the king of the king of shows. Yeah, I di I didn't ever get that. He's arguably he's the first one to wear like makeup, like the first yeah. man to wear like the weird like. Well, he's makeup not known his for face. his rock and roll. He's known for the show he puts on. Oh, he's known for his rock and roll. Well, I mean, like, well, schools out for summer. Yeah, he has a lot. No, 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 he has no, no, that. No, no. He Come has, on. He has Black Widow, Welcome to My Nightmare. Uh, but when you go to an, an Alice Cooper concert, you're not going to listen. You're going to watch. I mean, I would argue you do both, but. Okay. I mean, I, I, He's an well, excellent showman. He goes far and beyond to put on a spectacle for his viewers. He does. He definitely puts on a show. There are a lot of uh, I wish I wish more singers did that. Like, don't get me wrong, I've definitely have been to concerts where it's just you know the band getting up there and playing, and of course they'll have some kind of light show what, or what. What's the coolest concert you've been to, dude? Oh, the coolest. Is there one that one? pops out? You're like that one was badass. That pops out. I don't think there's necessarily one that pops out because every concert I've been to has just been that. It's been the band playing and then they'll have some kind of light show or whatnot. Um, I've seen Linkin Park twice. Oh, dude, that's amazing. Yeah, they were really good. They did, uh, and it was actually cool. So the first time I saw them is when they came out with their Thousand Sons album. And I feel I hadn't been to any of their concerts before, but I felt like they were just starting to get into kind of like doing light shows and cool special effects on right, stage. Right, right. Kind of getting bigger. And then I went to go see them again when they came out with the hunting party and they started to do some really cool stuff. Like at one point they had one member on the left stage and the another member on the right stage. 
and they must have had something go over them because it looked like they were in like these cubes of light. So as they were oh, playing, these like glass cubes were lighting up with LEDs and things like that. Like beaming the light down, like like a wall of light around them on each side. Not not like the the light was beaming down. Like it was almost like somebody put well nobody was looking like a glass thing over oh, this stage, and this like glass cube was lighting so up light and was, doing like, a light show. Wow, very yeah. cool. Yeah. But, I mean, that's probably the most crazy thing I've seen during a concert. I haven't seen, like, somebody like Alice Cooper or Pink's another one who does, like, really crazy stuff. Oh, Pink. When she, she's she's coming out. She's coming out. <laughs> she, she did a whole concert, a whole tour with Cirque du Soleil. Really? Yeah. They're, her entire album, and, like, they, they have the DVDs of it, too. And she was like up in the air, like doing acrobats with these like Cirque du Soleil people. And as she was singing, they were doing like a show behind her. Yeah, it was really cool. I have a friend who's in Cirque du Soleil. Oh, really? Yeah. I have a brother who's in Cirque du Soleil. Oh, really? Could it be the same person? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yes, I don't, I don't possibly, have any friends. Possibly. Well, I'll tell you what. I have... I have the best concert I've ever been to, and then I have the most fun concert I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. And they're two very different kind of bands here. So the best concert I've ever seen, most well put together, was definitely Muse. So I saw a Muse oh, concert. Oh, would be fun to see live. Um, they purposely waited till the sun went down. It was dark, and it was like nice outside that day. It was in, uh, and they, they like set up fireworks with lasers, like together. Okay. So there was like lasers going off behind the show, behind the thing, uh-huh. like behind the stage. But there was also like legit explosive fireworks that were going into the sky and blowing up. Oh, fun. Like it was totally amazing. Now, with that said, the most fun concert I've ever been to. When uh-huh. I saw a muse, I was underage. I was less than 21 years of age. <laughs> so I legally could not consume adult beverages. Right. However, I did go to the fair one year where I lived. And I saw Megadeth. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that was a blast. For those who don't know Megadeth, their music sounds like their name does. Um, (laughs) That's basically what they do. That is a good way to describe them. (laughs) Um, Well, I was of age for that one. And they didn't care. So there was this big booth. It was a Budweiser booth. Okay. Okay. Not sponsored, by the way. Wish we were. There was a huge Budweiser booth. And they were selling just a cup, like a normal plastic bread cup of Budweiser room temperature for five dollars mm-hmm. okay and I had a lot of dollars that day I brought a lot of dollars to the fair so they were literally allowing you to order two at a time you could have one in each hand okay and I had a friend with me so I got two and he got two and we ran up and I was like just barely 21 I know two Budweiser doesn't sound like much but I hadn't really ever drank so right. we run up to the front and of course we get our little cameras out because we're going to record the show right and we're up on like I should say this too, we're up on a balcony. So there's probably a six foot drop between where we are. We're hanging over the edge, right? There's like a a metal caging so you don't fall off, right? Uh-huh. But it doesn't go, like you could still jump over it. Right. And there's a six foot drop and then there's the actual crowd below us, all right? And then there's the stage probably about 30 feet out. So I have my phone out and I have my beers and I'm rocking out and I'm doing my thing and I'm drinking the beer and I get all fucked up, right? I'm having a great time. And me and my buddy are rocking out, and I drop my phone. I drop my phone down the six-foot cliff into the audience below. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I look at my buddy, and I'm like, damn it, I just lost my phone. And as I'm saying, damn it, I just lost my f for phone, my phone comes flinging up. Somebody (laughs) threw it all the way back up, and it comes, and it lands right at my feet. Okay? I shit you not. Oh, my God. And I was like, holy shit, my phone. And it was, I remember it to this day, it was really awesome. It's like, oh, fuck yeah. Those those are those little <laughs> moments in life that you will just carry with you forever. <laughs> it was great, dude. Oh, they threw my. it back to me. So the funnest, I would actually say that the funnest concerts I've been, well, let me, because I actually, I had a really good time the first Linkin Park concert that I went oh, to. Sure. I was down on the floor. I was moshing with people. Because the second one, I was just up in the audience in the rafters. Oh, yeah, just watching. Right? Yeah. And, but some of the funnest concerts growing up were, did you ever go to see like local bands and go to like the little local venues? I, I did actually, yes. I went to a yes. lot of those for like pump 
music and stuff and I had a lot of fun there because you would just go with like 10 of your friends and sometimes you would get there drunk before you even showed up oh yeah and you would just I don't know it was just a good time but then because especially because we knew people who were in these bands too so then they'd all have these after parties at the house so the concert became this like day event oh, that you would awesome. go to and those are probably some of the funnest concerts <laughs> I went to we had uh, one of the last things I guess I'll say on it is we had this local band. Um, I guess if you guys can put this together, you'll know where I'm from. We had a local band called The Bled that actually got kind of big, a little bit mainstream. Mm -hmm. And they were from my hometown uh, and went to that same high school that I went to. Not at the same time as me, obviously. But um, And I would go see them a lot. They played a lot of local venues. They were really cool. Have you heard of Authority Zero? Yes, I have. They're from here. Oh, really? Yeah, I think from where we're at right now? Yeah, not not from where we're currently at, but I think they're from like the valley. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, because yeah. I remember I never saw them, but I know I have friends who always brag about how they, you know, saw them at these little local venues yeah. before they became big and blew up. And what's funny is I don't think they're I mean, they had their little time here, but I think they're more popular like in foreign countries. Yeah, that happens a lot with different bands and sports people. Because I think specifically they go to Japan a lot and play shows there a lot. I wish I could go to Japan. Oh, I would love to Japan. Japan is gorgeous. I used to, for the longest time, um, I did not think that I was particularly fond of any of the far eastern countries. Mm -hmm. You know, like what we would call Asia and the islands and the Pacific. Right. I never thought that I would want to visit anywhere like that before. Um, But then... I moved out of my parents' house and started to talk to people and see things about real life. Mm -hmm. And I realized that Japan is beautiful, dude. So pretty. Like, okay, so there's, everyone knows the cherry blossom thing, right? Obviously that's gorgeous. They have, they have cherry trees in all over the island of Japan and they blossom into these gorgeous pink and white flowers mm -hmm. but they're all pink at the same time and they're all white at the same time like it's super gorgeous and they just cover japan well i won't say e japan everywhere but at least the cities that they're, they're in. all over the place it's literally like a fantasy land but that aside just the architecture that they've developed throughout their history um just the way that they put together like you know the concept of like a zen garden right. is really popular there and everything to me seems very neat and organized and straight lines and my brain in particular really loves that yeah so this place is like it's like heaven on earth for me i want to go there oh i've always i have always wanted to go to japan every single time and throughout my school career if we ever had to like write a report on a country or something like that i always was like i want to do it on japan see i ne i always picked some some somewhere from europe Oh really? France usually, because my all my whole, whole bleh, my whole family is from France. I guess. I um, mean, honestly though, if I was in a position where it's like, oh my, this whole half of the family's from like Germany, I'd probably just do it on Germany. It. My mom was literally. So what would you? Is first generation the one that arrives here, or the first ones born here? That's first generation is the first one born here, right? Yeah, I I think so. If that is the case, then I am actually first generation um, American in my family. I'm, oh, wow. I was the first, me and my sister were the first generation to be born here in America. Oh, wow. Everyone else is from France. I feel, I think I and my brother are third. Yeah? Yeah. Where I, are you guys from? I think, uh, Pol well, my mom's side, right. Poland. Oh, cool. Oh, beautiful people. That's why yeah. you're so gorgeous, Adam. Thank you. You never told me you were Polish. Oh, yeah. I'm like, my mom's full. My mom's 100% Polish. Polish people are notoriously, in my opinion, very attractive. Oh, they're very Just pretty people. Nice features. I, I've never met one, really. I've never talked to anyone from Poland. They might be dicks. You're yeah. cool. I've I've uh, I've actually met a few people. I used to work at a Walmart years ago, and there was this Polish lady that worked like full accent and everything. Oh, I think nice. at my job now, there's a Polish woman that works there. It's cold in Poland, right? I think so. I think it's. A I cold mean, it's place. right. It's smack dab in the middle of Europe. It's right next to Germany. It's, uh, is it cold there? I mean, I'm sure it gets cold. They have winters. I, I, <laughs> I feel like it's cold. Europe I feel is like more north anyway. Right on their other side is Russia, isn't it? And Russia's cold as fuck. Is it real? I mean, yeah. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, they're literally between Russia and Germany. That's why World War II was a thing. Uh, Geography's never been my strong point. I just know the general area <laughs> that these places are located in. I think <laughs> during World War II, right before it started, I think Poland became Germany in like eight days or something silly like that. Well, that was, was the first was one they quick. invaded, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was fast. But And then my dad's side is... German and Scandinavian, Norwegian specifically. Ah, Norwegians. Yeah. The Vikings. The Vikings. Ah, strong bloodline. So Polish, German, and Norwegian is probably what I am. And I'm French. And then you're French. Just full. Wait, is your your dad also 100% French? (laughs) Not 100%. He's he's 50% French. So his mother was born, my grandmother was born and raised in France during during World War II, actually. She actually... Uh, she was a little girl at the time, and when the Nazis came into her town and took over, they did a march through the street, right? Mm-hmm. And all the civilians line up, and it was still early enough that they actually, some of them felt more liberated than attacked, okay? Right. Because France wasn't going too well at the time. So my grandmother's particular town didn't hate them. They were, like, being nice to them. The, the Nazis. Right. So as they came down the, the pathway with all their tanks and their soldiers, my grandma, the little girl, had to hold a bag with flower petals. Uh-huh. And she actually threw flower petals at the, at the Nazis as they came by. And they, if they put their hand out, she would, she would kiss their hand as they walked by. And oh. she, yeah, she remembers to this day as, as a little girl. We weren't, we weren't Jewish or anything, just right. French, just French people. Um, so yeah, so she never had to go to like any kind of concentration camp, right? Like she was okay. There was right. rations. Things got hard. Right. But yeah, she was like alive and well through all of that. What a crazy memory to have. Yeah. When you can say, I remember kissing the hand. Of the Nazis. She always told us growing up, and later on I realized it's bullshit. She always said that she kissed Hitler's hand. That she mm. actually kissed Hitler's hand. And she swears it to this day, up and down. But my grandma also kind of stretches things a little bit sometimes, right. especially as she's getting a little older. Plus, re- <laughs> love you, grandma. <laughs> plus, regardless of whether or not she's stretching the truth or not, is that really something you want to brag about? <laughs> right? Like, come on, grandma. <laughs> but I do fully believe that. Yeah, she actually like the soldiers. If they put their hand out, she would. That is. That is wild, dude. Crazy. World two, World <laughs> War Two, man. What a crazy time. But my grandfather's from Kansas. Um, but he wasn't born in Kansas, funny enough. I literally am the first generation born here. He was born in England. Um, oh. My dad was born in Japan, I believe. It, w- it was a military base off of Japan. It w- and it's a famous one, too. And it might not be off of Japan. I think it was Guam. Oh my gosh, my mom was born in Guam. So I believe my dad was born in Guam. Yeah, and my, I actually think I'm wrong, geography buffs. I don't think that's near Japan. Sorry. My yeah, my my mom was born in Guam, also on a military yeah. base, because mm-hmm. my uh, grandpa was. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get this wrong. He was a, I want to say he was a marine, but he might have been in the navy also. My uncle was a marine, but but yeah, she was she was born on Guam. I always that's think cool. it's funny. Like there are certain things. Uh, it makes you an American citizen. You're not a yeah. Guamian. Oh, you're, yeah, you're no, an American no, no. Citizen. She's, she's an American so. citizen. That, the entire island is ours. <laughs> my mom, yeah. My mom had to um, apply for citizenship, though, and actually do that whole thing. So how long was that process? I wasn't alive. But, I mean... I mean, she, has she ever spoken about it, or...? She makes it seem as if it was less than a year, is what really? she makes it seem like. And this was 40 years ago. Mm. <laughs> so, I don't know if times yeah. have changed. But she doesn't talk much about that. She's not super opinionated about politics or any of that kind of thing yeah she definitely does not have the mindset of like i did it correctly so other people should too there's zero of that right she literally doesn't really care either way she's like well i did it now i'm here so yeah she's like everyone has their own story (laughs) however whatever oh my word so i wanted to maybe put to rest between us two if if there's even an argument here PlayStation or Xbox, Matthew? Oh my goodness, that came out of left field. <laughs> PlayStation or Xbox? I mean, is there even a difference anymore, really? I know back in the day there was. I mean, maybe not anymore, but just as you said, though, back in the day there was. We grew up where that was a hot debate. Oh, yeah. You were either one or the other. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Xbox obviously came much later. 
There was mm-hmm. a the PlayStation Two was the king of all video games. That's true. For back in the day, guys, there was not a new like console that came out every two to three years. Yeah, PlayStation Two reigned supreme for like six years, eight years. I was gonna say it was around for almost was, a decade. It was the only option, um, and then later on, Microsoft came out with the Xbox and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I was always a PlayStation guy. I always thought that the Xbox was kind of janky. Um, mm-hmm. I they changed the controller too much for me, in my opinion. And although I will argue that I have seen some really spectacular graphics throughout the years on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if maybe their insides are a little bit better than the PlayStation's insides. Well, I remember when I was younger and the Xbox just came out, it felt like everybody who had an Xbox only had an Xbox so that they could play Halo. Oh, God, I remember Halo. That's what it felt like, because anybody who <sighs> had an Xbox was just talking about them playing Halo. That's the only reason to get that, right? That That's what it made me think that, because I never really heard of anybody being like, oh, I really love the game Halo and this and this and this and this on I the Xbox. I think later on there was another series called Bioshock was that, that was pretty exclusive to Xbox at first. At least, I don't know if it still is. I was going to say, I, th- I think... I think Bioshock was an Xbox thing at first. Was that an Xbox thing at I first? I think. I don't know. Correct me in the in the down below if I'm wrong. Yeah. But I think that, that later on it got some other bigger titles. Okay. But, you know, PlayStation ruled supreme, though. I was always... But I I became place a PlayStation person just because of games that came out, though. Every console <laughs> I've had has always been just because, well, I want to play this game. I can't play it on this console, so I have to get so this you have to get console. the whole console just for yeah. a game. So Jeez, for please. years, for years, my brother and I just had a... Uh, I think it was, it was either a NES or a Super Nintendo. It was one of those two. Oh, yeah, I remember those. And those. we played that all the time, just the Mario games and things like that. I think we had random games like Othello and shit on it also. But then I saw a commercial for Zelda the and the Majora's Mask. Uh-huh. And as a kid, I watched that trailer and I was like, I need this yeah, I must game. have it. It was phenomenal with the moon that mm-hmm. had the crazy face. Yeah. And- but you could only oh, get yeah. it on Nintendo 64. Yeah. So I... For Christmas that year, I asked my parents, I was, hey, Adam, what do you want for Christmas? And I wanted a Nintendo 64 so that I could play Zelda Majora's Mask. You know what's funny about the N64? Hmm. You know everyone's favorite game for the N64 that no one ever talks about? What? It's the most forgotten, most beloved game that we ever had. It was the Star Wars Pod Racer game. Yes. Everybody had it because it came with the with the N64. You yes. had to own it. And no one ever talks about it, but we all played the shit out of it. You I, know you did, guys. Oh, I loved it. I loved building my own little racer. And... I sucked at it. I was horrible. Oh, really? And I loved it. I would still play it over and over. Oh, I was great at it. Oh, no, I was terrible at it. The pod racing game I got really into, I was really into Smash Brothers. Smash Bros. was great. But it's but I never followed that because I always came on Nintendo and I got a PlayStation. So I never like played any of the newer Smash Brothers. Even now I have a Nintendo Switch and I haven't gone out and bought the Smash Brothers game yet. Well, we should do that. We should totally get the Smash Brothers, bro. Yeah, we're Smash Bros, do bro. That. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a great thing to do. It'd be fun. <coughs> we could, yeah, yeah, let's get the Smash Brothers See, guys, game. We're just not good at having fun. We don't, it takes us a minute. Yeah, let me, let me make something clear to everybody here. We do not live exciting lives. We don't. <laughs> we, it seems like we do. It seems like we do. <laughs> and if anything, we're hoping that this hardly millennial venture that we're on is actually going to force us to get out there more and live more exciting lives. Here's hoping. So that you guys have more exciting things to listen to and to watch. I mean, aren't we, aren't we almost obliged to be exciting? I, it's our job now. It's our job. Oh, it's God. Starting today, it is literally our job now. I'm so glad you hired me for the job. <laughs> I, think, I think we're going to make this a perfect fit. I think we'll do good. Look, there's a lot of things that always go on around town. I'm constantly on Facebook. So Matthew's new to Facebook, so he may not know about this. But when, I, when I'm on Facebook, 
things will pop up all the time saying, hey, there's an event happening near this place or there's an event happening over here or make sure you don't miss this. Right. And a lot of the times it's things that are even that are either free or like five, ten dollars to get into. Right? Yeah. No problem. And I'm always I, they always show up on my feed and I'm always pressing the button, telling them I'm interested and I never go to them. <laughs> I never go to them. So the, You're that guy. So they're um, buying extra hot dogs and extra sodas for you. <laughs> and then you don't even show up. Nice. So, well, like, there's things that they do, <laughs> such as, I think, uh, I think Phoenix does a pizza festival oh, the, or something. You love pizza. Yeah. Oh, Why have we not gone boy. to that? I don't know. Well, it happens once a year. We literally ate pizza last night, guys. This man, Adam... He's he's a beast. He will just consume pizza all day. Pizza and ice cream. I just always have room for. I and, don't know what it is. And he's in great shape, guys. You can't see him right now, but I promise you he's in peak physical condition. And and let me tell you, I'm not quite sure how this is happening either. <laughs> because it's a phenomenon. Let me let he's me He's a freak you. of nature. So I'm somebody who I go through extreme stages. I'll be extremely healthy, and I put the emphasis on extremely here. I'll be extremely healthy for months, months out of the year. Oh, yeah. And then I'll have, like, a cheat day. And I'll fall off the bandwagon. And it just derails the whole train. And I'll fall off hard. I crash hard. So then I go through these stages of being super unhealthy. <laughs> And right now... <laughs> Emphasis on super again. Yes. And right now, I'm in a super unhealthy stage, and I keep losing weight, and I can't figure out how I keep losing weight. It's the podcasting, bro. I guess Putting it is. this much energy into something, it, it uses up calories, man. What do, a, do you think you can think yourself skinny? You can just, like, use so much brain power? The, mm, I wouldn't say... So I would say yes and no. So I don't think really? you can think yourself skinny, but I do know that if you have like higher cortisol levels in your brain, which is what causes stress and depression and things like that and anxiety, uh -huh. if you have high levels of that, it's harder to lose weight. Whereas if you're more, if you're happier, essentially, it's easier to lose weight. Your body's not retaining all of that. Think really? Of, yeah. So happy people lose weight faster? Well, think about More things, easily? Yeah, so think about things like, uh, so think about stress and anxiety, right? Right. Those essentially are f fight or flight responses in your body. Yeah. So yeah. it's almost. I could see that. It's your body saying we're in, there's an emergency. Right. So I think the concept behind it, and I, I could be totally wrong on this. I haven't done crazy <laughs> research into this. You seem pretty pretty confident. But well, I'm pretty I know it affects something having to do with weight loss. But when you're in that fight or flight response, your body retains the weight because it's one of those we don't know when we're going to eat again kind of oh, things. Oh, interesting. I, I could see what, that. I think that's what it is. Cuz my immediate reaction would be if you're in fight or flight, there's going to be adrenaline involved. Mm -hmm. So then I would think, well, adrenaline makes your blood pump faster, which makes you move quicker, which would burn more calories. Right. But your body does do stuff. Like if you don't drink for a while, your body mm -hmm. will start to retain salt yes. to try to like keep yourself from losing any more water. So I could totally see how there might be a mechanism that says we don't know when we're going to eat again mm -hmm. or, or how much calories we're going to need to burn. Let's let's hold off. Let's yeah. shut down the metabolism. The, you know what I mean? The body is super sensitive. One, one new thing I learned was, so if you have those out there who have done crazy dieting, you guys should know by now that craving food and being actually hungry are two very different things. Oh, no one's ever actually hungry. Nobody's ever actually. Not in this country. If you are overweight, I promise you're not hungry. You're just <laughs> having a craving. No. We are not disrespecting the fact that you feel hungry. We completely agree that yes. you feel hungry, but your body is not actually needing any nourishment. No, it is all a craving. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've learned recently was you have this bacteria in your stomach and every single in your back, the bacteria, there's hundreds of different pieces of bacteria and they all do different things. Okay. So if you're constantly eating fast food and sugary foods, those bacteria that thrive off of that, 
be get bigger and start Correct. to multiply. So then you're just naturally going to crave that more because that's more of the bacteria that you have in there. For sure. So really, in order to stop craving bad food like fast food and sugars, you have to just force yourself to eat. Uh, you have to push through it, you, and you yeah, feel you like have shit to push for a while. It. That's keto flu. That's that's part of it, like keto flu. When you change yeah. your diet. If you start like in keto, you eat nothing but fat, mm -hmm. right? Or very high amounts of fat. So you will get different bacteria that doesn't thrive off of sugar, thrives right. off of fat. Well, that bacteria that you've already built up that does thrive off of sugar, over the course of the first week of, of changing your diet, mm -hmm. it's going to starve to death. Yeah. And like humans, it takes the bacteria a little while to starve to death. Mm -hmm. And they get more and more desperate. And they'll start to attack. They'll start to look for different things to eat. Right. And as those bacteria are dying, that's why you get the stomach ache. Um, mm -hmm. You get diarrhea because there's nothing breaking the food down correctly. And it's unfortunately, it's unfortunate that people take that information or not that information, but when they feel that way and saying, oh, well, my diet's not working because I no, feel No, it's on sick. the contrary. It's actually proof that it is working. It's if you did not get sick, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah, it's doing what it's supposed to do. All right, so before before we finish up here, I'm looking at the topics that we have written down that – and by the way, our topics are just guidelines. We, most of the time, we don't even get to most of these. But love our topic. Matthew came up with one. And I think it's a good one to end on. Matthew, cake or pie? Cake or pie? Ooh. So, you know, well, well I mean, that's not that hard of a question. At growing up, I was definitely a cake kid. Okay. Um, I, I did not like pie at all, except for very specifically my mother's pumpkin pie. That's it. Okay. Now, as I'm getting older... I don't eat a lot like I used to. I've changed my diet a little bit, and right. I find like fruits and stuff a lot more delicious now in life. So I love me some pie. Apple pie, like hot apple is the shit. I love it. Mm. Mm. So yeah, I'd say nowadays, definitely pie, dude. Pie's fantastic. Really? Mm-hmm. I prefer neither. You don't like cake or pie? No, I what don't. What the fuck, Adam? I love ice cream. I'll eat the crap out of ice cream. I, I do love, love pumpkin cream. pie. I love pumpkin pie. But, well, of course you do. It's delicious. But the typical, the classic pies that have like the blueberries in there or the apples or cranberries yeah. or whatever it is, I just don't like those. You're not into it? Yeah. And then I'm a very, I'm a texture person. And so yeah, then, you are. So then cake has like a spongy kind of texture to it. Just for a little um, clarity here, just to see the whole picture better, Adam is also an individual who does not like mashed potatoes. No. I don't like anything mashed. I don't like eating mashed potatoes. Doesn't like mashed potatoes, hardly eats baked potatoes. Mm -hmm. It's He'll eat french fries. I'll eat french fries. I'll eat french fries. Because they're crunchier. And I literally don't know anyone else in my life that does not like mashed potatoes. Really? It's it's so delicious that they call it a comfort food. They do? It's literally been dubbed a comfort food. I mean, I've heard of french fries or chips or, you know, anything. Yeah, mashed potatoes, totally. Macaroni really? and cheese, mashed potatoes. Hmm. Yeah. I yeah, just textures. I can't do mushrooms either, and it's never because of the taste. Like mushrooms have like another kind of spongy. I had mushrooms to in it. your food all the time. Oh, you I just know. don't know it. That's people have to. <laughs> I literally chop them up into little into little cubes, and we'll put them in with cubed meat. So Adam doesn't know the difference between the mushrooms and the meat. Well, they're and he'll eat it. They're super good for you. So I uh -huh. do. Always, so every time uh, my roommates cook for me, I want them in there. I just don't want to know that they're in there because yeah. if I know that they're in there, I'll pick through the food so I don't eat you, them. You know the best trick with really almost any vegetable or I guess fungus, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, bacon. If you fry up some bacon in your mm. pan first and then you cook your veggies, they will soak up that juice. And if you're a person who doesn't like veggies, it'll just taste like bacon. Bacon is such a great food. It works awesome for any kind of greens. And all the diets basically allow you to use oh, bacon. Oh, bacon's fine. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a fantastic food. Fantastic. Well, on the note of bacon, 
I think I, I <laughs> that's think the note done. to end it on. That's the note Bacon. to end it on. All right, guys, you I, heard it here. I think we're at the end. Well, guys, thank you uh, so much for listening to our first official podcast today. If it seems a little janky, it's just because it's our first official podcast. It was gold. We did great. And just like with anything else that we put up, please leave uh, comments in the bottom. Tell us what you like, didn't like, things you think we can improve on, things you don't want to see again or hear again. Uh, all the criticism is very helpful. Make sure you subscribe. Oh, we're at the point where I can tell yeah. people to subscribe. Oh, and guys, don't forget too. Uh, we put a lot of work into it. We set up. We have a Twitter. Mm-hmm. We have the Facebook fan page. We got the Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can also find all of these podcasts on SoundCloud too, guys. Yeah, we should we'll have. have descri- we'll have links in the description too. Yeah, and we should have the link to this particular podcast up on the screen right now. If we don't, though, look for it in the description. Um, also, just reminding you guys, we also have a GoFundMe going on right now. Uh, we'll have the link in the description there too. If you haven't watched the update yet, we go into it a go, little more. Go during, back and watch the update. You'll understand what the jar means. You'll guys. understand what the jar means. So the the jar is our GoFundMe, and anything that you guys can donate in there is greatly appreciated. We'll reiterate again that none of the money goes to Matthew or I to live or buy none food or any of that. Everything goes back into Hardly Millennials, so you know where your money is going. And we'll keep you guys updated where the money is going. Oh, yeah. Look out for more videos, guys. Yeah. Well... Have a lovely day, everybody. Thank you so much for sitting here with an hour or for an hour with us. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Bye.